I just want to say before I start, I'm glad that Charles gave me a good rating because all of you might have got up and left during the opening song. <laughs> so as we begin our, ser- our service this morning, we'll begin as we always do in affirmative prayer. And so I'm going to invite you to just close your eyes, to just get settled in this moment and to take these words as your own if you so choose. I know and affirm that there is one infinite power, one creative intelligence, and it is the essence of all things seen and unseen. And I know that I am one with that power. So I know that this power's greatest longing for me is that I step into my potentiality, that my deepest gifts are expressed in loving and gracious ways. And I know that this infinite power bestows all upon me that I deeply desire. I know that prosperity and health and deep connection with divine are gifts that are given each moment. So as we gather today in this holy place, deemed only holy because we choose to gather here, I know that each person here is an emanation of spirit. I know that you walk into the world as the face of God. God is on your right, and God is on your left. So this moment, I claim that idea of my divine presence, my divine being, and I release this idea into the law, being so grateful for the perennial truth of this teaching, as taught by many wisdom teachers. And together we say, and so it is. Good morning once again, and Dr. Patrick is away this weekend at the Canadian Thought Gathering in Kelowna, getting filled up, and we're happy for him to be there and have some rest and relaxation. In keeping with the theme this month, I am the place where light shows up, I wanted to talk today about shining the light on prosperity. Some of our hidden beliefs about money, and most importantly, spiritual practices, that you can enjoy starting today that will open the doors to prosperity in a meaningful way. Some of the ideas we're going to explore are real financial power, the role spirituality plays, and getting into the flow of giving and receiving. I'm hoping that you will come away from today's talk with perhaps a new way to look at prosperity and the role that money plays in your life. In beginning my talk today, I wanted to read you something that Reverend Catherine Ponder, a unity minister, wrote in her book, The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity. Dr. Patrick often talks about when you're putting together a talk, how he is guided to the perfect book and page on his bookshelf to include in his talk. I was looking through my bookshelf and my books, and that is where I came to this piece that I'm going to start with today. So this is from Reverend Catherine Ponder. I shall never forget the first time as a minister I lectured on the importance of money for successful living. When I declared that money is wonderful because it's a divine substance, that money is good when rightly used, a lady sitting in the front row gasped and almost fell out of her chair. When I stated money is divine because money is God's good in expression, she almost passed out. She had come to this lecture because she was interested in having greater prosperity in her life. Yet, when I mentioned money as a legitimate form of prosperity, it shocked her completely. After the lecture, one of the members of the church board cornered me and said, don't you think you put a little too strongly about money being good because it is a symbol of divine substance? And I found myself replying, I hope I put it strongly. I surely meant to. 
The board member then said, yes, but you shocked that lady on the front row so much that she may never come back. And my reply was, if I shocked her, it was because she needed to have some old erroneous ideas about money shocked out of her thinking, as well as we all do. I then pointed out that my whole purpose in teaching the spiritual and mental principles of prosperity was to help people to learn God's good truth about prosperity being their divine heritage so that they might be freed from failure and poverty and all other sins of lack. I realized that sometimes the process was a shock. At the next lecture, that lady was back, sitting in the front seat. The only difference I could detect in her attitude was that she had pulled her chair up a little closer towards the lecture platform, happily awaiting further shocking truths about prosperity. I think it would be safe to say that we've all felt a little like this at one time or another in our lives. I don't know if we have that slide. The slide says, my wallet is like an onion. Opening it makes me cry. We're all familiar with the phrase, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Have you ever wondered, is this really true? And if it is, why is it true? Well, it's not just an old wives' tale. For the most part, it is fact. As Dr. Ernest Holmes teaches, it is our beliefs about ourselves and our world around us that create our experience. It's not what we want for our lives that is showing up. It is what we believe about our lives that is creating our experience. Maybe I was the only one who heard these things growing up, or maybe not. If you have heard any of the following, I invite you to fill in the blanks. Money doesn't grow on. Money won't make you. And money is the root of all. Really? (laughs) Money is the root of all evil? Isn't it interesting how many of us can say these quotes verbatim? Could this have been the beginning of the ideas that we formed about prosperity and money, a core belief that we are now willing to set down? For centuries, all the great wisdom teachers have taught that like attracts like, or we attract that in which we are in harmony with. Perhaps at some level we are in harmony with or agreed to this early conditioning around money and what we tell ourselves about it. The realization of our financial power or prosperity is exactly in alignment with all aspects of our life. That is to say that the spiritual principles that we apply to our health, our relationships, our creativity, and our connection to the divine are the same principles that we will create a life filled with prosperity and, yes, money, if we believe for ourselves that money is an aspect of prosperity. As we deepen our spiritual practice, we will begin to see how universal principles operate in our financial life. Contrary to the idea of poverty being a virtue, we begin to see the possibility to live in a conscious, sacred life with a strong experience of inner guidance and connection to spirit. As Reverend Karen Russo from the New Vision Center in Phoenix has said in one of her talks that I attended, in the realm of our spiritual, mental, and emotional experiences, the important currency that we invest is not money. It's our time, energy, and attention. How we invest ourselves in time, energy, and attention is the creator of our life, of of money, and of ourselves. She goes on to say that there's a cost to investing in worry and resentment and the frantic struggle to survive financially. When you're anxious, you can't feel peace within yourself. And when you're resentful, you don't feel free. When you're struggling, you're out of the flow 
And it's not that the timeless spiritual qualities of peace, freedom, and expansion go away. It's you just don't experience them any longer. When you make a decision to develop your spirituality, including your beliefs and habits around money, you are investing in freedom and possibility, which are spiritual qualities that yield infinite returns. For many people, our idea of wealth and prosperity is more than a bunch of currency. It's a sense of peace and freedom. It's our dreams of how we will use the money, what's the money for, and what are the possibilities. Maybe you have spent a little time daydreaming about what you would love to do if, in fact, you did win the lotto. For many of us, it is what we would buy, where we would go, and what adventures we'd like to experience. The daydreaming includes who we would give the money to, including what causes are close to our heart. At the highest level of prosperity, we are likely serving, sharing, and doing things excuse me, <clears throat> that reflect the best expression of who we are. That's the doorway to real financial power. Our power becomes our capacity to manifest, to give, and become more of our true spiritual nature, which is generous and compassionate. In the book, The Money Keys, Reverend Russo says, financially, real power can be expressed through the dollars that you have and how you share, spend, earn, and save them. Prosperity in your life becomes another avenue for expressing the best of you. Feeling prosperous includes feelings of faith and peace, choice and freedom. There are three metaphysical laws that govern absolutely every aspect of our lives. Metaphysical laws, as we know, are the laws that govern which is beyond our visible, physical understanding. As Dr. Patrick has taught us, manifestation is simply the invisible being brought into the visible. Through which laws do the invisible ideas of prosperity become a visible life experience? There are three of them. And number one is the law of unity. The law of unity is the principle of building a spirituality of wholeness. The law of unity says that all of life is connected and created from one infinite, eternal source. Simply put, when you truly believe you are one with eternal source, you can find your authentic answer to what prosperity would look like for you. The secret to a permanent peace of mind is not a dollar amount. It is recognizing the wholeness. That wholeness is your source. Law number two is the law of cause and effect. The law of cause and effect is the way creation occurs. For every visible manifestation, there's an invisible idea behind it. Consciousness, which is the totality of thought, energy, and belief, is the creative source of invisible ideas. We know as students of the science of mind that our consciousness is creative. Our beliefs about money are directly related to our money experiences. Identifying and shifting and healing our belief about money will result in a different, more positive experience around money and prosperity. The law of circulation is law number three, and it's based on the spiritual idea that we live in an abundant, creative universe of infinite energy that is always flowing. The nature of life is giving and receiving. Would you like to feel more prosperous in your life? You don't have to win the lotto. That's not where the feeling comes from. Feeling prosperous comes from a grateful attitude, a generous heart, and a life of circulating your good. 
Begin by giving your thanks, your blessings, and your treasures. Then watch how powerful it is to receive all of this back tenfold. Deepak Chopra says the universe operates through dynamic exchange. Giving and receiving are different aspects of the flow of energy in the universe. And in our willingness to give that which we seek, we keep the abundance of the universe circulating in our, in our lives. So once again, in our willingness to give that which we seek, we keep the abundance of the universe circulating in our lives. He says, put the law of giving and receiving into effect immediately by making the following commitment today. Wherever I go and whomever I encounter, I will bring them a gift. The gift may be a compliment, a flower, or a prayer. Today I will give something to everyone I come into contact with, and so I will begin the process of circulating joy, wealth, and affluence in my life and in the lives of others. Spiritual practice around prosperity does not have to be difficult or complicated. It's often as simple as relaxing and letting go. All you ever need to do, as Dr. Patrick reminds us, is just remember to remember. Remember the truth about who you really are and that you are infinitely supplied by an infinite universe. That's what spiritual practice is. You don't need to try to be spiritual. Your nature is spiritual. You don't have to become more spiritual. You are already infinite spirit. You don't have to bring spirituality into your finances or ideas of prosperity. Spirituality already lives there. Practices to deepen your spiritual realizations are gratitude, meditation, finding inspiration through books and mentors, and taking time to envision what prosperity would look and feel like to you. Of these three practices, gratitude is the engine of creating prosperity in your life. Gratitude is one of the most powerful spiritual practices to use in living a wealthy life. The nature of the divine is giving. When you are grateful, you supercharge your ability to create. Being thankful is also one of the easiest practices to incorporate into your busy life. By giving thanks for what is already around you, it raises the vibration, and through your simple and thoughtful acts of appreciation, prepare yourself to receive more. If you aren't exactly feeling prosperous, there are some things you can do to immediately change that. Money is an idea, a concept. There's nothing magical about getting rich. It's a science. So let's put some of that science, the idea that everything visible begins in the invisible, into action. And I love this next quote. If your ship doesn't come in, swim out to meet it. Meditation is a way of emptying. Start with meditation because meditation is a way of emptying the cup, as explained in the story of a wise monk who received a pompous young scholar who wanted to be taught the path to enlightenment. The monk served his earnest guests some tea. He poured his visitor's cup full and then kept on pouring. The young student watched the overflow until he could restrain himself no longer. It is overfull, no more will go in. Like this cup, the monk said, you are full of your own opinions and ideas. How can I show you anything unless you first empty your cup? Just like the teacup, meditation is an ancient practice of commuting with the divine and emptying the self of thoughts. 
Find a meditation practice that enhances your peace of mind around money and prosperity. You can use a mantra or a phrase to focus your attention on the abundance that surrounds you. As all great meditation teachers will tell you, even 10 minutes in the morning before you begin your busy day can bring huge benefit in all aspects of your life, including your relationship with prosperity. Secondly, look for affirmations that are powerful to you about prosperity and write them on an index card. And throughout your day, look at the affirmations you have written affirming ease and grace around money. Take them out when fear or uncertainty about money grips you and simply repeat them to yourselves. You can do this as a calming practice in the midst of a busy, busy day. And thirdly, Reverend Catherine Ponder has a lovely way to end your day. She suggests a powerful way to develop self-confidence, which is your attracting power. And she said to feed your mind confident-filled thoughts as you drop off to sleep. If you fill your mind with happy, expectant thoughts of success, prosperity, and good results, your subconscious will take them on as orders from you. During sleep, your subconscious will obediently go to work to produce a prosperous tomorrow for you. So there you have it. An intentional and conscious plan that you can begin immediately to expand the idea of prosperity in your life. Begin your journey each morning, throughout your day, and just before you fall asleep to totally supercharge the prosperity that you attract into your life. As we come to the end of my talk today, as you have heard me do before in previous talks, I want to share a story about my experience volunteering in South Africa. And no, this talk's not about snakes. That was my last talk. As many of you have heard me talk about it, I was so blessed to be able to volunteer multiple times over the years in this small village of Indiana, South Africa, with Edsum Kulu, which is an organization supporting this village through its experience with HIV-AIDS. I refer back to these experiences often because I applied so much of what I have learned here at the center to the experience. It really gave me a chance to see the spiritual laws that we teach here in action. One of the projects that I most enjoyed leading while I was there was the beading project. It was an opportunity for the women of Indiana, South Africa to create extra income by producing beaded items to be sold back here in Edmonton. Women who wanted to participate would be given orders to fill of beaded bracelets and necklaces. Many of these women had no electricity in their homes, and after long days of hard work in the village and caring for their families with little money or resources, they would bead bracelets and necklaces by candlelight late into the night as a source of income for their families. They would then bring the items that they created to one of our monthly beading meetings in the village, where the group would do a quality control check of the items that were to be sold. Believe me, I was not the head of quality control. I can hardly sew a button on a blouse. But the ladies were their own quality control. The meeting would be slated to begin at 9 a.m., and I would drive up to this isolated little village to the community center at around 8 to get prepared. The women, with their wares in hand, in some cases had literally walked miles to get there, and they would be sitting outside of the community center in the hot African sun by 7.30 in the morning, eagerly awaiting our meeting. 
One of the things we figured out very quickly as a volunteer for Edzamkulu is that we made it to the most favorite volunteer status more quickly if we brought something sweet to share at our meetings. There were almost no stores of any kind in the village, so things like candies were a rarity. One of the things I liked to bring to my beading group was lollipops. These gals loved lollipops. And though many of them spoke little or no English, the happiness was written all over their faces when we just shared this little treat. Once the treats were enjoyed, we would would begin our meeting. The bracelets and necklaces that each lady brought would go around the circle of ladies one at a time, and the ladies themselves would determine if the item was high enough quality to be sent to Edmonton to sell. Once the item was given the thumbs up, I would keep track so that I could pay the beater at the end. Each time an item got a thumbs up, the gals would cheer for the person who would be receiving the money for their work. Each bracelet and necklace got a cheer. If they determined it wasn't quite up to snuff, there would be a lot of chatter in Zulu. Though I had no idea exactly what they were saying to each other, I could tell it was encouragement and gentle guidance as to how to best fix the item. At the end of the meeting, how much money each woman made that day would be tallied up. I would then count out the cash to give them, give to them right there and then. Each and every time I gave one of the women their well-earned cash, the other women would stand up together and cheer. This happened for 20-plus women each meeting. Complete joy and support of another's prosperity. Can you imagine in your workplace if everyone stood up and shared every time you got a paycheck? At the end of the meeting, these inspired African women broke out in a beautiful song of thanksgiving for all that they received that day. Still brings me to tears. It often brought me to tears for all that I had received in being witness to the gratitude of prosperity in their lives. One of our last meetings, once all the money had been distributed and the celebrating and singing were over, the ladies began their long walks home. A very quiet elderly lady named Nkose had stayed behind and shyly asked if she could talk to me. She wanted to let me know that her friend, Buse Siwe, had arrived at the meeting late and hadn't received her lollipop. So she was wondering if I had an extra lollipop that she could give her. Thankfully, I did have one for her. I gave it to Nkose, and I watched her walk across the yard to her older friend, Busi, who was sitting quietly near the gate, and she gave it to her. This woman had stayed behind to ensure her friend would not miss out on the coveted sweet treat. So many lessons to learn about prosperity and what it looks like to different people. In this small village in South Africa, where, by our standards, they have very little, anyone's prosperity is everyone's prosperity. If that isn't a spiritual principle, I don't know what is. And even the face of such scarcity, as in the case of the lollipop, no one would dream of taking something that belonged to someone else for themselves. And Kose, ensuring that her friend shared in even the smallest of bounties. The law of circulation and action, always willing to give of whatever you have.
So start today to shine light onto the prosperity in your own lives. Get into the flow of giving and receiving. Begin with immense gratitude for what is. Recognize that money, like absolutely everything else in our lives, is just energy. We attract it to us to the extent that we believe we can, and we make those shifts through spiritual practice. And money as energy requires us to circulate it. Holding it tightly says to the universe that we, that we still believe in those old mantras we heard as children, and that will remain our experience. Circulate your prosperity generously, bless it, and watch it return to you in amazing ways. And finally, in the words of Maya Angelou, ask for what you want and be prepared to receive it. And so it is.